welcome to the Headlines Podcast, a podcast about local journalism sharing some of the quirky and important stories in local newspapers that you might have missed this week. It's the week ending June 28th, 2020. I'm Chloe Lavasuch and it's been a busy week in which police declared a major incident in Bournemouth after crowds of people flocked to beaches in the sunny weather. Liverpool became Premier League champions after a 30-year wait for the title. And Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced that cafes, hotels and pubs can reopen and the two-metre distancing rule relaxed from July 4th. It's been a busy week in local newspapers too. Got to say it's not been the easiest week to find cheerful stories, with many local newspaper headlines dominated by shocking levels of littering and many businesses talking about how they may struggle to adapt when they reopen. In this week's episode we'll hear about stone sheep going on the rampage in a Welsh, Welsh village, a schoolboy who loves street lamps so much that he has had one dedicated to, to him by the council. And a man whose lockdown project is hatching and raising a pet goose. And I'm lucky enough to be joined by Alistair Coleman, founder of the brilliant Angry People in Local Newspapers website this week, or Facebook page rather. A huge thank you to Alistair for taking the time to chat. He's on from about 10 minutes in if you want to skip ahead. Links to all of the stories in this week's episode can be found in the description or follow us on Twitter at The Headlines Pod. And as always, if you enjoy the podcast and want to keep seeing stories like this reported in the news, please support your local paper by buying a copy. First up this week, parents have been warned to stop swearing in the background while their children are in school lessons on Zoom. This story is from the Bolton News by journalist Saika Charhari. Bosses at a primary school in West Horton have warned classes could be cancelled if parents don't behave themselves. The principal at Sacred Heart Primary School has also asked for children to dress appropriately for classes, not to chew gum and not to lounge while on the Zoom call. A post on the school's social media account also asked people not to post negative comments and for children not to be distracted by their pets during lessons. In spite of some hiccups, the school says classes by Zoom have been very successful and given pupils the opportunity to take part in a call with astronaut Richard Garriott, who is on a mission to journey to the bottom of the ocean. thought this was a happy news story this week. An autistic schoolboy who loves street lamps has had one dedicated to him. This story is from Cornwall Live by journalist Lisa Letcher. It says 12-year-old Ben Paramore walks around his neighbourhood every night with his dad to spot any lights that are not working properly and then reports them to the council. Now the council has dedicated one of its street lights to Ben with a plaque on it and his mum Jane said he was delighted. She said he loves streetlights and is fascinated by them. He wants to know everything about them, asking questions like, are they heavy and why do they move in the wind? A shop is going to be opened at a rubbish tip in Bristol to sell low-cost items which have been saved from going to waste. I'm just including this story because it sounds like a great idea. It's a story from the Bristol Post by Estelle farrell Royge. I hope I'm saying your name correctly, I'm sorry if I'm not. It says the store is the first of its kind and will sell reusable items that were destined for landfill. Electrical items will be fixed up by staff at an on-site workshop and money from the sales will go to charity and other reused projects. It's part of the city's plan to reach an ambitious recycling target of 50%. Now, if you thought your lockdown project was quirky, a man in Kent has spent the pandemic hatching and raising a pet goose. 
This story is from the Kent Messenger. Its website, Kent Online, is one of my favourite local news websites. It's by journalist Jack Dyson. Nature lover James Cosgrove from Canterbury was given a goose egg by a colleague just before lockdown started. Sounds a bit like a fairy tale, but I'll press on. Instead of cooking with the egg, James put it in an incubator and 28 days later the little gosling, which he has named Phoenix, hatched. According to the article, he raised the gosling at his home, letting it wash in the bathtub and sleep next to him in his bed. Now that the goose has grown up, James takes her on a daily walk and he's hoping to get more geese so that she can be part of a flock. A new cycle lane was removed by the council just 48 hours after it was installed. Government has been asking councils to get more people cycling and walking as the lockdown eases, while capacity on public transport is significantly reduced because of social distancing. But a new cycle lane in Trafford was removed as the plans divided opinion, according to a story in the Manchester Evening News by local democracy reporter Alice Richardson. It says some people are furious about the traffic gridlock forming in the area, with at least one lane of the two lanes along much of the road shut to make room for cyclists and pedestrians. One cyclist had praised the new seven-mile-long lane along the A56, saying for the first time in nearly 40 years he felt safe cycling into the city. But according to the story, in the last month alone, three people are known to have died cycling on Trafford's roads. A Green councillor told the paper the local branch of Halfords has sold six months' worth of bikes in six weeks and lots of new riders need to be protected. A food bank has been criticised for handing out treats like crisps and chocolate in its food parcels, but one client has hit back, saying poor people deserve joy too. This story is from News Shopper by journalist Ewan O'Byrne Mulligan. Lewisham Food Bank received complaints about treats being included in its shopping lists. A spokesperson for the food bank said people can choose what they want to donate, but that they believe in blessing clients with a treat from time to time. One food bank user went further, telling the paper that when they were heavily pregnant and relying on the food bank, they were eternally grateful to the kind soul who donated a fancy M&S chocolate bar, adding that poor people deserve joy too. Since the COVID-19 outbreak, the paper says food bank use has surged. A beekeeper has created his own bee vacuum machine, which he hopes to use to save a swarm. This story is from the Leicester Mercury by journalist Tom Mack. Beekeeper Peter Clark was called in to save 160,000 honeybees that were discovered living in a chimney. At the time the article was written, Peter, who works as a lorry driver for a living, had rescued about 54,000 bees using the special vacuum machine he'd adapted. He told the paper he has to find the queen bee in order for the hive to stay functional. He said he'd been stung 160 times so far during the rescue operation, but said being stung goes with the territory. And the picture of the vacuum cleaner is quite something. It just looks like a Dyson Hoover with a tube stuck to it, uh, connected to a box where the bees presumably land. And he told the newspaper, It breaks my heart when I kill even one of them, so I'm always very careful. A student nurse told her local paper that she felt worthless after a health minister's letter said student nurses are not deemed to be providing a service. This story is from the Northamptonshire Telegraph by local democracy reporter Sarah Ward. 
student nurse Jessica Collins has been working throughout the pandemic and has been campaigning to cancel the huge debt current student nurses have racked up during their training. She is one of a cohort of student nurses who have trained between 2017 and 2020 without any bursary, leaving her to qualify with debts in the region of £60,000. Jessica's MP wrote to government on her behalf. In reply, Health Minister Helen Waitley wrote that student nurses in training are supernumerary and are not deemed to be providing a service. Jessica, who has two children aged four and seven, said the reply made her feel worthless and said the comments were offensive. She told the newspaper this is a real kick in the teeth after we have stood up to be counted in the crisis. She's been surviving on a maintenance loan and also universal credit throughout her training. And finally this week, this story is from last month and I'm gutted I didn't spot it at the time, but I couldn't let it pass without a mention. Stone sheep caused mayhem in Swansea Valley after eating cannabis plants. This story is from the South Wales Guardian by journalist Claire Snowden. Sheep high on drugs went on a rampage in a village after eating the remains of a cannabis factory that had been fly-tipped on the side of the road. According to the newspaper, a councillor reported the incident saying the out-of-control animals were getting in people's gardens and one had even broken into a bungalow, causing a mess. He told the newspaper we could have an outbreak of psychotic sheep rampaging through the village. Next up, Alistair Coleman, founder of much-loved blog and Facebook group Angry People in Local Newspapers, very kindly took the time out to chat to me this week. Here we go. I have to say that um, I mentioned to a few of my reporter friends that I was um, hoping to speak to you and they were absolutely full of questions. Um, they all love the website. Most of the questions seem to be, do you have any tips on how they can get their stories featured on there? <laughs> but nonetheless, um, I was going to ask that I'd read uh, that you started it after seeing a story in the, was it the Reading Evening, Chron- the Reading Evening Post? Reading Evening Post, yes. Um, yes, yeah, Sausage Lady. Uh, naked neighbour put me off sausages for life <laughs> and what was it about that story that, that made it was you... just a picture it was uh, angry people in local newspapers is very much a visual medium we, we do weird news and all that but uh, it's just all about uh, photographs of people pointing at the thing that made them angry and that one just stuck out it was just, it was just a lovely lady from Tullhurst in Reading who, who was disgusted by her next door neighbour wandering around this garden in the nude and she was just holding up a raw sausage impaled on a fork with a look of absolute horror on her face and, and that, that just set something off in me and uh, I've, I've I'd done blogs before. I'd, I'd won awards for blogging and everything. It's just smugly, and uh, yeah. So I just one afternoon just just set up a set up a blog on, on blogger uh, blogspot, and uh, yeah, just took off from there almost immediately. It, 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 really? it just struck a chord with people. Yes. What was the what were people's reactions like to that? Well, yeah. I mean, it was just hilarious. I mean, I mean. Um, people just started sending in their own stories that they'd found and uh, when after a few years I, I moved it over to Facebook and I don't actually update the the, the blog spot one anymore it's, it's all on Facebook uh, it, it just went mad there's, there's 380,000 likes on the page now yeah. and 
and when I'm not in trouble with Facebook, which I am at the moment, uh, you know, one 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 good story can get tens of thousands of, of clicks, which uh, which is why you people like me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's yeah why our uh, digital editors are so keen to get their stories on there. So why are you in trouble with Facebook? I've seen a few times before that there's been yeah. Uh, what what happens is that uh, Facebook has its own algorithms running in the background, and if they pick up a word uh, which is on their banned list. They'll, they'll give you what's known as a shadow ban. They can, the page can only be seen by people who actually navigate to the page. And we're under one at the moment because we ran a story about a woman who made racist remarks and, and then claimed she'd been hacked on her Facebook page. But it had, had the term KKK in it. I saw this story. And that's, and that's, and that's, that's on, on the ban list. And uh, the thing is, you don't know actually what the ban list is until you get banned. Uh, because I got banned before for mentioning Tommy Robinson. Really? Yeah, and he's he's on a he, and actually I, I I posted that story about three years ago, and uh, the banned list was then applied retrospectively when he was named a, a dangerous individual. So something which wasn't banned at the time became banned, How and I got into trouble banned? over that. So you know, I'm not psychic. So, <laughs> I, I try I'm not psychic and uh, yeah and and so this KKK thing has got me banned for a bit uh, if, if anybody can, can, can speak to the page people at uh, Facebook that's the other thing you can't there's actually nobody you can contact to get yourself unbanned unless you've got an actual contact within Facebook which I do not so how so do you get get out get off the ban list uh, it's usually a week or, two, or a week or two weeks so it's uh it's annoying, but I have a backup group, which isn't on the band list, <laughs> which, which I tell people to go to. And also got the uh, Twitter page as well, which gets plenty of interaction. Well, you know, you're doing something right when um, yes. Facebook is coming for you. <laughs> yes. Um, I was going to ask um, as well, has coronavirus made it a bit trickier? Because obviously our photographer for sure hasn't been able to get out to get any... Um, Picture. Yeah, I mean, it has fallen off a cliff a little bit. So, so I've got I've got a big uh, uh, archive to fall back on, which is most of the blog stuff. So if I get days where I don't really get a good story, I can I can pull out a classic. But yeah, I mean, it, yeah, you got photographers unable to go out, or if they are able to go out, it's got to be uh, socially distanced, and uh, and it's all, uh, and there's a lot, an awful lot of the old fallback which a lot of editors do is just grab a picture of facebook or, or somebody sends in a selfie which ain't the same so uh, yeah it has made things difficult but, but when, when they do get um uh photos you know the photographer out or somebody sends a, a photo in uh because it's it it, it started a, it started a, a sort of a, a new genre it looks like the the, the latest dope uh uh, urban a album has just dropped with people standing two feet apart, uh, two meters apart from each other so, so it, 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 it makes them look a lot more moody yeah and like a yeah definitely like an album cover there's definitely a new uh, yeah. story in there people angry during coronavirus yes it, 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 it's, 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 it's made a difference I mean there's fewer stories but yeah that makes makes the photos more interesting and does it take up quite a bit of your time um, you know finding stories and posting them well the great thing is that uh, because now it, it is so popular uh, i have an army of people sending me stories and so 
Um, I just had to look in my inbox uh, when I get up in the morning. There's a good 15 stories there already. <laughs> uh, oh, well, 15 posts. And you can tell when there's a good story, when your inbox is bursting at the seams with everybody sending you the same one. And yeah. That's uh, quite a good laugh, sort of first thing in the morning to check your email. Yeah, so, yeah. It, it used to take me ages to find stories. And, you know, I'd, I'd Google news searches set up, you know, for bins. Yeah. Uh, the words anger over. <laughs> really, you've got the Google alerts on. I have some. Uh, yeah, but I don't. I, I don't need them anymore because pe people are doing it for me. Now, and that's and and the spotters are, are are the best part, and also the other best part are, are journalists sending in their own work, which I do encourage. Right. I will. I will uh, do that in future. I was just having a look through, but like you said, the the pictures are a bit harder to come by. Are you happy to tell me a bit about your own background? Because you've got sort of quite a different career to local newspapers, and and how yeah. that relates to why you like local newspapers. I, I I've never actually worked in local news. I'll I'll, I'll confess. Uh, I started off as uh, engineer at the BBC. Uh, for BBC monitoring in Reading, and uh, when when our a lot of the stuff I was engineering on became more automated, I was asked if I would like to be a tech journalist, uh, writing about world media and stuff. And then from from there, I've, I've become a, one of their regular news journalists. So so I've sort of sneaked in through the back way. I actually had to actually had to take an, an uh, a Open University degree course so I can actually become a journalist. Uh, so, so, so I came into journalism that way. Uh, so, so, so not not the traditional way of of getting a, a journalism qualification. I actually uh, went went for a politics degree. So, so, so my my news background to start with was is actually uh, media news, and uh, mostly global media news, but some UK stuff. So, so uh, a lot of stuff in freedom of speech uh, and things like that. So, so I do know a lot about how how the news works and how how how, how difficult it is for, for people in some countries to report the news and the, the angry people in local newspapers just sort of links into that. Uh, so, so I mean, do you see something in the news in the UK and particularly the local news in the, new, in the UK that's different to, to sort of the more international stuff that you've covered? British local news uh, and the same could be said for Australian and New Zealand local news that they're, they're very much very much focused on local issues and 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 they get to the point in reporting news but if, if you look at other countries uh, if you look at American local news they don't really do it the same way as us they're always trying to win a Pulitzer Prize and they never get to the point yeah uh, so so, uh, so, so it, oh, I would say British local news is unique but you know also uh, Commonwealth countries also have the same style as us. It, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's different ways of doing things. I mean, Thailand, we get a lot of, lot of, uh, a lot of stories from Thailand because the, whenever there's a crime, the police actually make make the suspect stand and point at the thing they've done wrong. Really? So there's, there's an awful lot of Thailand pointing at things. So, so yeah, yeah. What would they be pointing at? That if it was uh, like a, a big pile of drugs or whatever that is, they stolen. Or, or victims point, uh, being pointing at the suspect. Wow, I didn't know so, that. There's an awful lot of point. They love pointing at things in Thailand. <laughs> Similarly to us and uh, yes, we we love pointing at uh, dog poo or overflowing bins, <laughs> and never-ending bins. 
<laughs> yes, I've been writing about bins and public toilets for what seems like two or three weeks now. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's good to see that, that work appreciated. Um, as I mentioned, like lots of the journalists that I know are very excited to uh, to that I was talking to, they're always trying to get their stories on on the page. But um, obviously, it's really popular with uh, readers and people who possibly you wouldn't you wouldn't expect normally to be buying and reading local newspapers. Do you get sort of a sense of what what they enjoy about it? it it's it's it, uh, I said before it's a it's a visual medium for me, uh, so so it's got to be a good picture. But that's that's not absolutely vital. Uh, I, Especially in the slump of, of of good photos at the moment, uh, a good a good story always gets clicks, and I, I find that, that that people actually enjoy a, a good funny story wherever it's from at the moment. So I've sort of dumped, even though it's called angry people in local newspapers, it, it's basically st news stories from anywhere. Uh, so so I don't I don't stick to the format all the time, and uh, oh, just just a good story. I mean, we, we we like a good funny story, a good weird story. Every now and then we throw we, we throw in a curveball and do a good news story because people do do appreciate that. I mean, I like to use my power for good. <laughs> well, you post a lot of links to lovely fundraising campaigns and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I'll try not to overdo that uh, because you know they, they, you end up people being resistant to it in the end. But yeah, uh, if if people come to me and then and then and they they got a good cause. It, I mean, I, I don't say no usually. Have you seen sort of more people getting involved through the lockdown? I know certainly a lot more people will be at home on social media and certainly reading websites and things. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, our, our page clicks did go up in March. So, yeah, uh, it, it is a strange thing because uh, one of the things I do know, because I've been running blogs for far too long now, <laughs> is that a lot of people actually read that sort of thing at work there's, there's always like a lunchtime boost on on hits and things like that so and and then the traffic sort of drops off a cliff for the weekend because they're not at work on their on their work connection so it, it has been a bit weird because people working from home and people got a lot of time to burn so it i mean it it hasn't it hasn't tailed off at all it, what sort of blogs have you run before have you ever run anything like this or I started even before blogs were a thing. Then, then I, I actually started my own blog because uh, I thought it would be a good thing to do at the time. And it was called Scary Duck, and it won the Guardian's uh, best British blog wow. competition. Uh, the, the, the first one, so so I didn't get famous off it. So I'm a f uh, <laughs> unlike everybody else who won it, <laughs> and and then. It was basically just just dark stories and and you know I had a few celebrity fans which helped. Uh, I wrote a couple of books off it. Then, then I started doing uh, uh, angry people and another one called the House of Lies, which I've just restarted again. Which basically yeah. I just make make up completely terrible lies about things. Because you've got quite a quite an interest in fake news as well, haven't you? Which is certainly something that's becoming a much bigger issue for all local journalists. Yeah, actually, that's that's my real job. I'm I'm part of the BBC's anti disinformation team. So that sounds very uh, sort of um, Ministry of Information. Yes, yeah, so, uh, I mean we're even having trouble trying to trying to work out what to call ourselves. Uh, are we the disinformation team, or the anti disinformation team, or the misinformation team, or the fake news team? Uh, uh, Lord Hall actually called us disinfo squad. Oh, I like that. You sound like yeah. superheroes. Yeah, so yeah, and I've been trying. I've been trying to like 
get that as the official name, but that's that's not gonna that's not gonna stick. I'm afraid. Uh, so what but, does that yeah. sort of work involved? So, uh, there's, there's an awful lot of uh, at the moment, we're looking at disinformation on coronavirus, all, all these people coming up with fake cures and all conspiracy theories. And we do a lot of stuff on conspiracy theory before that. So we've been following the, the, the 5G nonsense for a good year and a bit. Uh, a lot of anti-vaccine stuff we've been following for years. And then uh, there's, there's stuff that's put out by uh, governments like, like Russia just can't stop doing it and, and Iran. Uh, my, my two colleagues on the team are, are, are Russian and, and Iranian, and I've, I cover East Asia because I'm a North Korea specialist. What sort of um, what sort of uh, coronavirus? I assume it would be cures and and fake news. Yeah, I, uh, an awful lot of fake news on cures. Uh, the ones that's going around at the moment are largely about face masks. Uh, we did a roundup on on that last week. Uh, people saying. Uh, that, that you'll get carbon dioxide poisoning because it can't get out. Uh, it can get out. Uh, it, it, there's an awful lot of stuff. And, and, it, and because it spreads so widely on social media, we, we, we have, have to uh, keep across Facebook groups. Uh, we, we've got specialist Facebook searching tools. And there's also, we have to rely on tip-offs from people on uh, WhatsApp and Telegram and, and what have you, because they're difficult, more difficult to search. I mean, that sounds like an absolutely fascinating job and also very um, sort of worthwhile and something that... That's... Yeah, it's, it, it's uh, we're getting a lot of exposure at the moment because we've got a very good uh, uh, young reporter, Mariana Spring, who's uh, uh, basically our public face and she is just such a ball of energy. She, she ha we, we actually had to make her take a day off she hadn't actually taken a day off in about three months. Wow. And I think she still actually worked. <laughs> Just trying to log off the computer. Yeah. All, these, all these young people. <laughs> it's with en with energy, uh, that. Yeah, it just sounds fascinating. We're getting quite a lot of the 5G stuff. Um, yeah. At council meetings and things like that. So yes. that, that's really interesting. And then back, back to the angry people in local newspapers. One of my colleagues wanted me to ask you if you can tell when people have sort of deliberately set a story up with the hope of getting it on the Facebook page. He said he, when he goes out to jobs, he tries to set up the photographs and get, get the right headline. Yeah, there, 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 there are one or two, which I know have been deliberately done to get on. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> If it's a good story. I genuinely don't care. I've, had, I've been tipped off by uh, one, uh, I do believe he now works in, in local media, uh, to, to do with chocolate biscuits. And he had, had, had one milk chocolate biscuit in his packet of plain chocolate biscuits. And he did tip me off about that. And he, and he went to the Portsmouth News. And I think you do get one or two photographers or, or, or digital journalists will, will, will set up a photo knowing that it will probably improve their chances if they if they get them pointing angrily at something. I think oftentimes you can't tell though when you're actually doing a story if it's going to really capture people's imaginations. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think mo mo most people in the photos, because they haven't got the experience of being in the newspapers, they're, they're pretty much pliant and they'll do what the photographer tells them to do. <laughs> yeah, and one, yeah, one of the things is if, if, somebody, if somebody appears in one of these stories and then they, they turn up on our page and then they message me and say they don't want to be on the page, 
I will take it off always on the first request. I mean, there's no point arguing with people if they don't want to be on the page, if they went to the papers or not. I mean, they made the choice to be on the, in, in the newspaper. Yes. But if they don't want to be on the page and people being sarcastic towards them in the comments, that's fine by me. I'll, 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 I'll take it off immediately. And, yeah, and, we, and uh, I, I do have an arcane set of rules which I make up as I go along as to what kind of stories go, goes in. Uh, and it changes all the time. So basically, we want to punch up or, or sometimes across, but never down. So there, there's a lot of stories which I used to run, but I don't anymore. So it's like people who's, uh, if there's an injury or or if it's very young children or if it's something that's, uh, or if they're a crime victim. Uh, so so yeah, I mean, I mean, it's an ever expanding list. So there's stuff I won't do because I know it'll bring out trolls. So never stories about travellers, or race, or anything like that because it brings out trolls. And and it's a nice page. We try to be nice, and if you get people that, that don't play nice, it spoils it for everybody. Definitely, I definitely think it's a it's a really positive place. Um, I know that yeah. one of the trainee reporters was. Um, a bit embarrassed when you first saw one of his stories on there and, and everyone else in the newsroom was like, no, this is... No, badge of honour. Badge, you've done it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's a badge of honour, you know, you're there now. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, actually one of these things, I'm so glad that, that a lot of people in the industry have, with very, very few exceptions, uh, have jumped on board with this because they know it's, it's good for traffic. I really like encouraging people to go out and buy a local newspaper or at least click on the adverts or, or, or click on the stories because uh, local news isn't enough trouble as it is. So anything that actually encourage it to keep carrying on, I, I, I want that to happen. I definitely, I agree with that. I was going to ask how you feel about um, local newspapers yourself. I, I think that the, the page is really good at promoting the stories yeah. in the local paper because they often become national and that's sort of lost that they may be yeah, that's I, I, as, as one of the things I do like is if a story is good enough, it will end up in the nationals, especially with uh, groups like Reach. They they can automatically put it on the on uh, the, the Mirror, the uh, and the and the Daily Star, and what have you. But also also NewsQuest titles can syndicate onwards. So, so I have got uh, newspapers which are, which I do have as favourites. One of them is is uh, the Dorset Echo because I used to live in Weymouth. And we actually we actually are a minor sponsor of Weymouth Football Club. Really, angry people in local news. Yeah, we 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 sponsored a corner of their ground uh, this season just for laughs. It didn't cost very much money at all, but you know, just <laughs> <laughs> just to just to do that. And uh, that's a little name. So, so so the Dorset Echoes were one of my favourites, uh, and there's a few others. Uh, uh, Swindon Advertiser, because I, I, I lived in Reading most of my life, so there's there's also. Uh, get ready or, or Berkshire Live as it's called now. I'm from Somerset so I was you know almost every day clicking on their local news website it's a nice way to keep oh, in touch. Oh we, oh, we love oh, uh, strange things go on in Somerset <laughs> and Gloucestershire uh, very strange things we, we think Cheltenham's cursed because <laughs> they, they always get a lot of Cheltenham stories and they're all always very very strange. Like what? Uh, uh, there, and, and charred as well. All, all the area around there is like like, like uh, there's a running thing about about takeaway food being left on top of cars and and ongoing things at uh, Boots Corner in Cheltenham, which we believe to be cursed. So get running, we get running stories, have running gags going on on the page, and, and things that go on in Cheltenham is just one of them. <laughs> I keep a lookout for those. I've clearly yeah. missed them. My favourites are always the animal stories. I love the the monkey swan that was getting. <laughs> 
Absolute classic, yeah. That, 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 that's going to that's going to run in one as well because I keep painting over the bin and and then it and then it then it then the graffiti turns up again. It's like it's like the word uh, Les Dennis in in Norwich. People keep writing Les Dennis on the walls in in, in Norwich, and it, it, even Les Dennis has come out and said it's not him. <laughs> <laughs> it's not me. That's exactly what a Les Dennis would say. Um, one of the things I really love about local newspapers, and particularly about the Facebook page, is that it's almost it shows us ourselves if if that makes sense we've all got sort yeah. of a shared sense of humor and it's it's often very odd yeah i mean, I mean as, as as a british thing goes it's, it it is very british that we 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 can laugh at ourselves uh, and i think that's important right now especially right now that we we do need to laugh at ourselves but yeah i mean how long have i been doing this about 10 years now just over 10 years yeah i mean I, i've had a few people shout at me about it uh, not many, but I, I, you know, I always uh, make make sure that uh, their grievances are addressed and all that. What and, sort of and, things uh, would they would they object to? Because I know some people worry that it's taking the Mickey a bit. Yeah, some people don't. Some people think uh, I've put the story up uh, to be malicious towards them or, or what have you. Uh, so yeah, that's why I always take a story down if if I'm asked. But yeah, I, I mean, uh, I, I make the point that uh, you know I, I don't. I make don't make the point to them that well, you went to the papers in the first place because that's just going to make them worse. I, I just say, well, we we put this up for for a bit of a laugh. And if you don't find it funny, I'm sorry about that. So I'll take it down. The page is basically so British people can laugh at stupid things or that, that annoy other British people and, and that, that's very much a British thing we, we, we're very polite about being being annoyed and that's why that's why we point impotently at a, at a, at a, at a dustbin that's bursting with dog poo you know that sort of thing so it, it's there for fun it's, it's it's I'm not making any political points I'm not I'm, I'm not trying to change the world we just want to have a laugh i think it is like fully embraced by by the um industry as well by journalists i mean do you think that sort of the comedy value and the entertainment value of local newspapers is in a way i was worried that it's slightly underrated because there's so many programs really that use local newspapers for their comedy yeah yeah uh i, I mean there's there's always a good nib somewhere a good news in brief story which you know that that will appear on the news quiz or on a Friday night on Radio 4 uh, so, so that's a bit they can take uh, ours is more of a broader picture of Britain's internal scream <laughs> <laughs> well if, if our internal scream is writing Manky Swan on a bin then <laughs> yeah. I think I'm quite happy with it and, and just finally I was going to ask is, is there any um, sort of stories that have come out in the last few months that particularly stick out in your head? I mean, I must, it must be quite difficult because all of them have seemed completely... Yeah, yeah uh, I'll, I'll say probably yes, but I can't off the top of my head at the moment. Uh, it, they, they sort of all blur together after a while, but I mean, it's like every now and then you get one, I mean, like Sausage Lady, uh, that kind of thing, or, the, or, the, or the, one of the most fam- famous ones that actually did go global was the couple that up north who are absolutely furious at their local Morrisons about meat pies and not being able to buy meat pies before 9am. You know, and they're just standing outside Morrisons holding a meat pie. It, it's classical, the combination of people pointing at the thing that made them angry and the thing that made them angry is so completely trivial. Uh, that's, that, is, that is what makes the story. Thank you so much for agreeing to chat. I, um, I, sort of, I do the podcast um, to try and highlight sort of, yeah. some of both the funny stories and also I think 
quite a lot of the good work that a local journalist I know are doing. Local journalists are, are very much underappreciated. They, they, they keep the whole industry moving. Somebody's got to sit in council meetings and somebody's, somebody's got to do the court report. I, 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 never, I never paid my dues like that and, and, I, and I respect the people who actually do that and, and, and they, they, they keep the whole news industry moving. They, they, they feed, feed the nationals and international news with, with incredible stories yeah. and if it wasn't, wasn't for these people f- uh, following these in the first place we, we never get to hear them and it's all about the storytelling and it's all about the visual medium and, and it's all about getting people to support their local news. The angry people in local newspapers sort of captures the mood of what it's like to work yes. in the And that's everything for this week. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And a special thank you to Alistair for taking the time to chat to me and to Dan Beam for his help and encouragement as always. If you're interested in getting involved or just want to say hello, please get in touch on Twitter through at the headlines pod or at Chloe Lavasuch. Thanks so much and I hope you'll be back for more next week. Stay safe out there. Bye.